Hey everybody, John Henry Soto here. Welcome to Counterparts, along with George Batista. As always, uh, here we uh, we uh, spotlight conversations with creative minds, and today we are very very excited. We have Bo Svensson on the show this evening, and we're going to be talking about. He is a, a producer, a filmmaker, an actor, or an author. Uh, he's an incredible, incredible uh, uh, person. We're going to have a great conversation today. So please come on back, hang out, and we're going to have a great time. So, please. All right. Well, welcome back. We had a little technical difficulties in the beginning of this one, but we are here. We are live. We are excited, and we're going to have a great, great show. Um, like I said, Bo Svensson is here this evening, and just to get the show started because we're running a little bit late, George, take it away, and let's uh, let's do some uh, some love to our sponsor. Thank you, sir. So the Counterpart Show is brought to you by Wellness Resources, bringing you superior clinically formulated nutritional supplements since 1985. Find out why Wellness Resources supplements are the top choice of health-conscious individuals around the world. Make sure you go to myvitaminresource.com. And if you enter the promo code Counterparts, you will get free shipping. But not only that... Wellness Resources is having a sale, a November sale on all their immune supplements. It's 25% off. So you get 25% off their immune supplements plus the uh, free shipping with the counterparts uh, uh, counterparts call. So just make sure you check it out. Again, myvitaminresource.com. All right. Let's talk a little bit about our guest today. We have Mr. Bo Svensson is on with us. And Bo is a, a Swedish-American actor, producer, published author, and award-winning screenwriter, known for his roles in American genres the 1970s and 80s. Throughout his career, he has worked with over 100 Academy Award winners and or nominees. He has appeared in countless films and TV shows such as Magnum P.I., Walking Tall, Murder, She Wrote, and Jag, just to name a few. The list is endless, by the way. His list of awards include the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast for Inglorious Bastards, the Italian Institute of Art Award of Merit, and Lifetime Achievement Awards from Action on Film. He is also a published author. His novel, A Dream of America, is on Amazon's list of preferred reads. He was chairman and CEO of Motion Picture Group of America from 1985 to 2005 and serves on the Screen Actors Guild Motion Picture Nominating Committee. And that's just a small little sample size of his biography. He's done so much. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome Mr. Bo Svensson. All right. And I'm... Hello there, sir. There he is. Hello! <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had a little technical, but we're fine. We can hear you. Um, your your voice is going right through my microphone, so our audience can uh, can hear you clearly. So it's going to be fine. Can you hear us? I can hear you fine. Now, Beautiful. Hey, if you guys can hear me clearly, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, it's going to be a long night. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I kind of would prefer that you guessed what I was saying. Maybe give me, that way you would give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> we'll do our best. But we'll do our best. But I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. First of all, we want to just thank you for taking the time to be with us. Um, this is really an honor for us. We've seen your work for so many years. And you my invoice. Do you? <laughs> It's a, yeah, we, I sent it to accounting. They're taking care of that. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Cause it's been a, a great honor to, you know, to, to, for this opportunity to I talk to you. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> so the way we do things here, George is going to ask a few questions that he'd like to ask. Um, and then We'll free flow some conversations, and we'll, I, I do want to talk about the the win-win proposal for the state of Tennessee and West Tennessee, which uh, 
I just got, um, Leslie sent to me, which is so exciting. I had like goosebumps reading it. I was like, wow, that's really exciting. So we definitely want to dive into that as well. Um, right now I'm going to turn it over to George so he can ask you a question and then you can just rock and roll. Okay. All right. Cool. George, I can't hear you. Cause I'm muted. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Can you, can you hear me? I can, now I can. Okay, great. Sorry about that. All right. So first of all, again, thank you for being on your, again, your body of work has been tremendous. I've seen you in, in so many different things. So yeah, your body, tremendous body, tremendous body. Tremendous. Absolutely. <laughs> so talk about, I, I, I'm so sorry to be irreverent. That's how I am. Yesterday I did 2000 crunches. What? In 13 minutes. Holy with a 40-pound resistance. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. I've done 2,000 crunches in my life. That's amazing. Wow. So so yeah, so the body thing is actually correct then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the body so, of so, so talk a little bit about your your acting. What is the art of acting? What is it about? you know, acting in general that really drives you from for so many years? Uh, well, the money. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sure that does too. <laughs> right. Well, you know, actually, the art of acting, first off, it's important to take into consideration to remember, art is a word that consists of the first three letters of the word artificial. The greater the art, the less noticeable the artificiality. Hmm. So the greatest actors are those human beings who have the courage to be themselves within the given circumstances. Now, you also have to be fairly smart to know what are the given circumstances, because the better the material, the more complicated are the characters and the situations. So we're dealing with subtext. Um, for that reason, I believe that the great actors are also really smart people, mm. courageous and smart people. You can't learn this stuff. Right. You really cannot learn it. Yeah. You, and which brings in another factor. Artists, whether we are painters, whatever we are, we are driven to have others appreciate us for the persons we know ourselves to be. Um, then, when you get that recognition, adulation, whatever you want to call it, that is a freeing experience. Mm. Because then it's like things are okay. People get who I am. No bullshit. Nothing superficial. No public relations people or people running interference or people explaining who you really are. Right. Uh, it's uh, right. Right. So one of the interesting things is that I've, what I've noticed from actors also is, and directors and people in that, well, mainly actors, they're very, very aware of the human condition and can, can sense almost like they have this innate ability to feel a situation the really great actors they can they really understand human condition and how ah. to explain how to actually manifest that right well I, 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 I yeah I feel really that that has its root in us understanding that the other person is more important than we are. Hmm. Therefore, to feel others, to empathize with others, 
key to success. I'm talking about emotional success. Happiness. Happiness in for me is when who you are can benefit others. Right. And when you feel that synonymity, when you feel that connection, then it's like a dance. It's a feel-good dance. A little of me, a little of you, or a little of me, a lot of you, yeah. and oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It is magnificent. So that is really, for my money, what the arts provide the artist. Uh, an, uh, an opportunity to touch the souls of others. How magnificent right. is that? It's incredible. Van Gogh is a man awfully unhappy because of circumstances or his mental illness or whatever, and he painted and he he was destitute. He didn't have a dime right. or a guilt as was the case in, in, in Holland. But he knew that others were touched by what he did. And how wonderful is that? And but we can we can go into other areas. Take a great carpenter who can take a piece of wood or two or three or four or five and put it together and so that others go, wow, I like that. Right. Or a car mechanic. And there is an inequity here. When did we last ask a carpenter or a plumber or a car mechanic for their autograph? Right. Why don't we do that? Right, right. Because they're not on the screen. Right. What big deal? Big deal. So a great injustice in life really is we fail to let others know how much we appreciate their humanity because they're not on the screen. Right. Or they're yeah. not on stage. Yeah. Yeah. So can you imagine if if we were to truly appreciate fellow man more? than we actually do. It would be a feel-good for everyone. Right. Benefit right. everyone. Society would thrive. We would have much less of this racial inequity and strife and what have you, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a wonderful feeling when we lift fellow man. But so much of bigotry and racism, it's all about pushing man down. Right. How often don't we as men, well I don't do it, but so many of us men, we believe by pushing a woman down, we elevate ourselves. Right. How wrong it's is that? Horrible. Anyhow, that's enough small talk. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, no, we love it. Uh, very uh, insightful. And, you know, it's the art that we do is always for others. You know, I mean, the art, any, any artist that thinks that the art that they're creating, is just for themselves loses the joy of it because the whole point is when you see their eyes light up, you know, George and I are musicians. So we played in bands together and recorded and all that. And when you're playing, performing in front of people, it's such a joy, you know, um, and my, I'm a filmmaker as well. And I remember sitting at the back of a theater watching one of my films and the laugh came right where I intended it for it to come. And the joy that I felt because it landed and everyone laughed was, and I just, I loved to see everyone actually having a good time. That really is part of the whole reason why we're artists, why we live. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, you know, and the same thing as what you were saying, about touching other people because again as we're you know we're musicians when i'm driving I I, oh go ahead okay. i gotta move so um like i like he was saying you know a, we're musicians so it's the same type of thing as far as touching other people when i'm driving and i hear a song that reminds me of when i was a kid and and john will 
tell you this, but we, you know, the song and say, remember this song when we this age or that age because that song touched me as a kid and i remember you know and what those artists did for me growing up you know so yeah. and then kind of now as we're musicians when we got older kind of giving it back and saying now we want to touch other people we want to touch younger generations with our talents and our music you know it's about you know at the end of the day giving you know being of service sharing Holy. your talents you know as you yeah. do as a as an amazing actor right yeah so yeah Uh, we were talking about uh, film and people uh, enjoying the laugh. And then George was talking about being a musician and we're playing music together and the joy that, that it gives to other when you're, when you're young and you hear these songs. So anyway, if it, if it comes back, we'll, uh, we'll just stop, uh, okay. stop the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right. okay. So I, I wanted to ask you um, about so many, I mean, a writer, actor producer director you know so many i know what it was okay go for it so <laughs> um i'm not so into acting um i, I actually i i i don't know that i ever really was um interesting wow no yeah it, it kind of is interesting i, I uh, when i was at ucla uh, my mentor uh dr van dragen he had four phds and wow. I remember, that's my cat. That's <laughs> um, so Dr. Van Dragen and I, we were working on the, the screenplay for uh, Frankenstein. I did something, uh, Mary Shelley's, uh, the original thing, and I they portrayed the creature. Hmm. And so we're talking, and Dr. Frankenstein, we talked about, okay, what, what's this really about? And we discovered loneliness. The creature was lonely. Mm. The creature wanted someone to care for him or it, you know? Yeah. And so I remember from, and then I did, uh, uh, right after that, uh, I was picked to uh, replace uh, Paul Newman. Um, in, uh, in in the great Walter Pepper to co-star with Robert Redford, and um, I, then I used the essence of what I had learned from Dr. Van Dragen when I felt that screenplay of uh, my character and the dynamics and and what have you, and I discovered, wow, the writing is far more important than the acting. Yes. Oh my goodness. And the writers don't get the credit because they're not on the screen. So here's a little anecdote for you, if you have time for this. Do you? Absolutely. Sure. So we're filming the great Walter Pepper in, in uh, Texas, uh, a place called New Brownsville, Texas. I'm, pro I'm probably not pronouncing it well. I don't pronounce anything well. <laughs> um, so Redford uh, uh, and I were having lunch, and bingo, here comes Paul Newman. Wow! And I thought, oh shit, I'm being replaced. Uh, but I hadn't, been, I hadn't been out of the ring for very long, so I wasn't very, you know, I wasn't feeling very secure uh, being an actor. Um, <laughs> and I knew, of course, Redford and Newman, they had done The Sting, they had done Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And, and, and the only reason why I had got that job is because George Roy Hill, who uh, directed the picture and had directed 
Greg did, Butch Cassidy and this thing. Uh, he had pitched the screenplay, the great Walter Pepper, to uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Wasserman at uh, twenty uh, at uh, Universal. So, uh, so Mr. Wasserman had said to George, uh, "Well, or I suppose you've got another Redford Newman movie." Well, George Roy Hill didn't have a great sense of humor, so he, at that moment, he decided, no, I'm mm. going to get somebody in. And he did. Wow. So, I, uh, so, casting director, Marion uh, Doherty, uh, uh, I, I had that, just said, well, both uh, called, and you and your wife come up to, uh, uh, Paul Newman's house uh, this Sunday uh, and uh, meet George Ray Hill. And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> ah, bullshit. Of course I did. <laughs> so I came up there. And my, I, did, I was only out, I've been only been out of the record five, six years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so we went there, and there was uh, Paul Newman, which is his house. Uh, Redford was there. Hello, how are you? Uh, and Mark Harmon uh, with his sister. Anyhow, we chat, 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 chat. Hello, hello, hello. Okay. And then, okay, left. And then the following morning, Monday, uh, I got a call from my agent, Mike Bells, and he said, okay, uh, you got the job. And I, I was a dumbass even then. I didn't know. I got, oh, yeah, right. So they want you for the movie. Wow. So I, um, okay. Anyhow, what had happened then, right. So they had talked when I had left the Newman's house and they, they said, okay, well, how about Svensson? Okay, yeah, fine. All right, good. But, so then, and I was never sure. I said, Jesus, you know, why me? I mean, why? why? So I was never sure I had the job. So anyhow, so here we're now, we're in New Brunswick, Texas, and uh, lunch. Um, hello, hi here, okay, brother. Oh, shit, here comes, oh, no, and I thought, oh, fuck, it's over. <laughs> so Newman came and sat down, and now, and this was the most magnificent farm. You can't imagine everything was pristine the barn was two or three stories huge beautiful and the guy whose place it was was a german immigrant who had arrived in america at 17 18 19 or whatever right so here's newman so now we're eating and i'm nervous oh shit okay it's all over you know, where's my agent? Uh, I'm fired. Uh, so then here comes the owner's daughter, 15, 16, 17. And she comes in and says, Mr. Newman, can I have your autograph? And he said, why? Oh, well, I said, no, I'm a movie star. And he said, have you asked your father for his autograph? Oh, he's, he's, oh really? Look what your father has accomplished. Wow. Look what he has built. Look at this magnificent place. He came here with nothing. And look what he has created and look what he is giving you and you have the nerve to ask me for my autograph have you ever asked your father for his and she said no so he, Newman said well you go ahead and ask him for his and then come back and you may ask me for mine wow I thought, as, oh, as it turned out, I, I, I wasn't fired from the movie. But anyhow, 
So it is for me so amazing to that I had a shitty childhood, awful childhood. So because of the people I have met in life, I have experienced humanity mm. at its very best as well as its very worst. I mean, worst. I even met, I met Pablo Escobar in Colombia. Whoa. I met Radovan Karadzic and uh, Slobodan Milosevic, uh, the two famous people who mm. created the civil war in what was Yugoslavia. Wow. So I've had some magnificent people in this business and some truly awful ones. And I am so grateful today to understand I am not important. What is important is what can I do for others? Right. Wow. Uh, it's all talk. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's well, what a story. <laughs> so unbelievable. I love the way it just says, ah, Paul Newman and uh, Robert oh, Redford. <laughs> so amazing. Um, well, what I was going to ask, um, and you remembered that story, which I'm so grateful that you remembered that. that what I was going to ask was, you know, a writer, actor, producer, director. Um, and you mentioned that maybe you weren't that much interested in, in, in acting, which one of those, the other three that are left over, would you pick if you could only do one? Oh, that's all I do. I write, man. Right. Oh, okay. And that creates a dilemma for me because I feel all of us, we deserve when we go to a movie or even watch television or a commercial for that matter. Any time any one of us takes someone else's time, we owe it to that person to give that person something of value. It can be, no matter how tiny, how a fraction of something. Right. So when I watch television today, man, and movies for that matter. I am so aware of the fact that this what I am watching, this stuff here is there strictly to sell soap or whatever. Mm. Uh, and we can, we, we can do better than that. Yes. So, which is why I, I, I'm so, uh, there, there are the great classic Films. And even if some of the filmmakers today are truly outstanding, they're fabulous. Mm -hmm. But let me give an example. Uh, one of the greatest creative entities I, I have worked with is Tarantino. And uh, it is so wonderful that the Weinsteins, Dr. What, overlooking that Harvey Weinstein is a despicable human being, he did give Quentin the opportunity to create great stuff, gave him free reigns. And as a result, for instance, I'll give an example here, Kill Bill, uh, it turned out to be Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2, right? right. Well, how did that happen? Well, it was a great movie. I mean, Quentin was in China shooting, or maybe he was in Okinawa or wherever else he was. Uh, uh, and so he was cutting the picture when Harvey called him and said, uh, okay, uh, can you have the picture ready by Khan? And Quentin said, no way. No, no, it's too much material. But can you have half of it ready? Yeah, you build one. Oh, oh <laughs> I, wow. didn't, I didn't know that. That's what that happened. Was... And it was very cool. Very again, his Quentin's creativity. So we're filming out in 
Lancaster Palmdale, and they had just, the rest of the company, they had just come back from China. Uh, we were behind schedule seven, eight, nine, ten days, whatever. Well, you know, on the big picture, man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Harvey flew out, he landed in a helicopter, and because um, we were behind schedule. So he and Quentin and, and uh, uh, Lauren uh, talked. It was freaking one of the producers. Uh, who had done several films with uh, Clapton. And uh, they talk, 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 talk. And, then, and I'm sitting in my chair, I'm watching. What the So Harvey got back in the helicopter and left. And then Clinton and what the hell was his name? I am so ashamed. Robert. First, when I, I did rented a thing with uh, Dennis uh, Hopper, and what the hell? I'm having a glitch. I am so ashamed because this guy has got three names Paul Clark. He is a brilliant. This guy, he is a first assistant director. He should be a director. He's brilliant. Anyhow, hmm. so Quentin and Clark went for a walk. And when they came back, we had been setting up a, a huge shot. Uh, uh, Madsen and the ladies were arriving, and it's, we were all going to get killed, and this kind of blah, 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 like a lot of this stuff. So came back, Quentin had an idea. So what you see in the movie, you see the people arrive, and then in, camera's inside, camera comes out, he goes on the crane, and we hear the gunfire. Camera drops down, and when and there's no cut here, when the camera drops down, the front of the church is filled with police cars and what have you, and bingo. So with that shot, he took out, I think he took three and a half days from the shooting schedule. Wow. So that kind of creativity can only come when the money, the producers, allow for it. Right, right. right. So when I see the stuff today, I see so much of it, and I'm thinking, I'm seeing, oh man, the money. Yeah. This is all about saving money. For instance, so many programs today, you hear the actors talk real fast. Yes. They talk so fast. That's so you can't hear what understand what they're saying. It is as if the writers are paid by the word. Right. Just say all this shit here and just get through it. Cut. Move on to the next, next scene. Instead of having material be about something that has universal relevance. Yeah. That's what excites me. Yeah. The writer to to write stuff that means something. It's about something. So that when I take out people's time, I would like to believe they're a little tiny bit better off. At the end. So it's an ego trip. Of course it's an ego trip. Right. It's always an ego trip when who we are make a difference in somebody else's life. Right. It's empowering. But when we focus on that, on doing good for others, there's a reward in that. Yeah. And so much of what I see today, I see the wheels turning. I see why it's being done why it's said right and, and that happens me because here in hollywood we have so many of the best of the best creative minds but it's all it's sort of being 
it's, it's, it's evaporating. Yeah. And I think mankind deserves better than that. So, yeah. um, yeah. Go ahead, George. No, I was just going to say, just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit, as a person who's not in film, you guys are in film, obviously, but just as a person who watches film, I agree that I, I, I'm a yes, yes, I'm a musician. I'm a, yes. Okay. So, what instrument do you play? I'm a drummer. What? Drums, drums. So, as you play, man, so you're into it, right? Okay. So, what are you doing? You are, your vibe is putting a vibe into all those people. So, whether it's live, or in a record or whatever. Your humanity, man, your stuff. Oh yeah, your stuff is affecting all those people. Correct. There is no difference, dude, right. between what you do and what a writer does because it should all be about what we do for others. So as a drummer or a guitar player, whatever it is, we all go back to the mechanic. Right. The mechanic works on your car, man, gets it to run. Ooh, man, ooh. And you come and pick up the car. Hey, what happened? It, it sounds good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as an or a butcher or whatever, farmer, whatever the hell it's it the, is. It's the effects. What do for others? Sorry, no, no, yeah. no, I was going to say, no, and you're absolutely right. It's the effect that, 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 you know, it's the the effect that we have on the person that we're serving and, and that's listening to us and, and whatever it is. What I was going to say, though, as far as film goes, in my opinion, because storytelling to me has always been the driver at the end of the day in film, especially when you look at the great films of the old, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, those films, right? I think, at, and what's kind of to your point, later on, we kind of lost a lot of that, the storytelling, and a lot of, like you said, the money came into it. But to me, at the end of the day, and this is one of the reasons why the film industry for me kind of lost me in the last few years, because there was less storytelling, good storytelling, and more of just a big box office, smash them up type of thing. So, and I think also maybe that's one of the reasons why the independent films have done so well, because they're focused more on the storytelling, like films that you guys have done, that type of stuff. So, but I think, do you think that storytelling is going to make more of a comeback as time comes along? You know what, with so much of the world today is driven by economy. Yeah. And we have empowered so many who control the economy or affect the economy. So, man, what's his name? Mr. Tesla. Um, Elon. Yeah. I mean, he's today one of the world's and probably the world's richest man after Putin. Um, but look what Elon, Elon Musk is not a nice guy. <laughs> I, I don't get good vibes from him. Mm. And I don't get good vibes from a lot of people in power, whether it's Mitch McConnell or, or the, uh, the guy from, in other words, it's sad that we have far too many people uh, in power who are not nice people. Right. And somehow, because they are in power, those seeking more power, because it's a natural thing for man, man, we want to become more and more powerful. And how do we become more powerful? Well, we get get more wives or we get more money or whatever it is, right? So the quest for power, unfortunately, dilutes so much yeah. feel good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. If we take the, uh, uh, Putin, the Russian people, enormously creative. Look at all the great stuff that came out of Russia, mm -hmm. uh, out of the uh, East, Eastern Europe. So much great art 
Trump or whoever it is. And at the top of all of that today is a heinous human being, Putin. So when that uh, is sad, look at what happened here in America. Don't mention no names, but we've had leaders here who don't generate feel-good. To the contrary, they are empowered by generating feel-bad. Right. Uh, right. Discourse, anger, hate. Yeah. So back to we who are in the arts. You, you're a drummer, and... And what, what instrument do you play, man? I play guitar. Ah, alrighty. So, but, but you see, look at that. Look at that. And we do this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we mimic what we do. Right. I mimic what I do. Right. Right. <laughs> so, we are hands-on. Yeah. Physically hands-on. And what a joy, what a release, what a, that is so amazing, I mean, it's so amazing. Those of us who work with our hands, writers, musicians, cooks, Mm -hmm. you know, we are, we can unleash our humanity in what we do. Be careful of those who don't work with their hands. Somehow, if you look at the world's leaders today, the most powerful people in the world, do they work with their hands? Do they ever work? The dude in China, the dude in North Korea, (laughs) of our dudes here in America, Elon. You know, so I feel very strongly, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) those of us in society who work with our hands, we are so blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Because then when we work with our hands, we do things for others. Right. Super cool. So I wanted, I wanted to actually ask you a little because we're living in a time when you can filmmakers can make films a lot easier. Just the technical parts of it have become easier. But somewhere along the line, the creative writing part was not didn't come along. So now we have a lot of filmmakers that just don't really pay. They don't focus so much on the classics. And when you, you mentioned Quentin, you know, you know, I, I just saw a documentary with him, and he is one of the most knowledgeable human beings on film that I've ever heard speak. I mean, he knows so much about film. It's scary, actually. And I was, he was talking about the Spaghetti Westerns and, and, and his films. Where, how can we educate younger uh, screenwriters to be able to understand the importance of not only telling a good story, but also using the tools, the actors, and the locations in a cohesive way where we can actually tell these beautiful stories that have been told in the last 60, 70, 80 years. Well, first off, I find the word educate scary. It is educate. Because when you when you educate someone, you mm-hmm. are imposing on that You're right, individual right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a concept, knowledge. Right. Maybe make aware. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, well, I was going to get a PhD in metaphysics, and so at UCLA, <laughs> so the, there was a curriculum. I had to study. I said no, 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 no. I frankly, I do not wish to study Freud or Selman Boss, um, uh, scientists and, and various fields, uh, even in uh, bacteriology, immunology. Uh, I said, I, I don't want because, and then I made this point uh, with the board, uh, very smart people at the faculty, you know, they're sitting around, uh, 
All right, well, I'll hear we have another, oh, he's a former military, and now he's a rebel. He's going to tell us what to do. <laughs> um, and so, so I made a point. I said, and I brought in, because I knew what, was, what the deal was. So I brought in $1,000 in $100 bills. And I put it in, it was a big-ass table. And I put it and I said, okay, I'll give you $1,000 if no matter what I say, you do not think about a white polar bear. <laughs> Can't and be I done. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about it. Wait. For the money. <laughs> so, well, uh, Mr. Spencer, what, what's your point? My point is that what we think belongs to universal self. We know that this is hot pink. Why? Because we've been taught that's hot pink. A white polar bear. White, we know what white is. We know what a polar bear is. Therefore, as soon as we hear a word or see a word, it triggers a response right. in our right. computers called brains. Well, the more you get from out there that goes into your brain, the more you are diluted. Mm. Your individual capacity your potential as an individual is diminished because now sameness enters into your being. Right. And conformity. So, in order to get uh, an A in a class, and it's very important, you got to have a whole bunch of A's where you can't get into college. I'm talking about high school now. And what do you need to do to get the oh you have to conform? Right. Oh yeah, so you gotta take all this knowledge, that pre existing knowledge, and now you gotta you take that and now conform and the better you know what pre existing knowledge, the better grade you get. Right. What happens to your individuality? What happens to those who actually a certain idea. Right. I mean, Pernicus, Galileo, uh, the, the great scientists, were they forced to study so and so and so and so? Yeah. No. So individuality should be promoted. So now, hmm. and you, simply you asked me about filmmakers, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, who's to say what's good or what's bad? Only our thinking makes it so. What's right? What's wrong? What's wrong in Tehran, chances are, is right in New York, right? So right or wrong, good or bad, these are concepts that we should really get rid of. Mm. Instead, we should embrace, I feel, feels good. So you watch a movie, if you get it, and if the filmmaker, this goes back to, to the premise. When creativity is allowed to flourish, wow, mankind is so much better off. Hmm. Now in the case of Quentin, the dude, man, oh, he watched, he read, he soaked it in. Yeah. But he didn't conform really to any of that. Instead, right. he took all that stuff and made it his own. Right. So he then, once upon a time in Hollywood, okay, so he used pieces from, that's hence the title. Right. That's creative. Right. That was pretty well, creative. So right. So I do feel yeah, man. So if you can when it comes to filmmaking, we should applaud those who cause us to feel. Yeah. Not admire, 
So I, I wonder. Emotion, happiness, laugh, whatever it is. So create emotion, really. And now we go back to art, artificial. Yeah. The greater the art, the less noticeable the artificiality. And what is greater? Emotion. Right. So I, I wanted so to. It would be it would be so cool, man. Because yeah. when we listen, we listen to music, right? Uh, it is the emotion that we get. Right. Again, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. This is this is awesome. I love this. So he, here's an interesting point because a lot of uh, you know, we talk about this on the show a lot. Education, as far as the school system, a lot of young people are being in, like you said, in college. You have to conform, so you're being indoctrinated into some type of behavior or thinking that something feels good. How do we know they're not being educated to look at something that feels good that really, in actuality, is them conforming to something like for instance if you listen to music that uh, there's some music out there now that i do not like you know and it's hard to say because i love all music but there's there's some music out there i'm being nice that i do not appreciate but if you go out there there are people who it makes feel good it makes them feel good and then they go out and they're doing their thing that's the part of it you that know, concerns me a little bit well it shouldn't concern you man just accept it there's something, life has something for everyone. Some people fall in love with a ripe cantaloupe and, and do whatever with it. Um, so we should, I, I really truly feel that. I don't even know what that means. As long as, yeah. I don't know what it means, but it makes total sense. Yeah, right. Um, right. So anyhow, back to this with, at, at the heart of everything really is heart, emotion, feel good. Yeah. Right. So as long as we embrace and encourage yeah. feel good. Yeah. Um, so when I write, man, um, I, I want to be honest with what happens. And, and and sometimes I, I write, then I look and say, where did that come from? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, where did, oh, because it wasn't designed. Hmm. Uh, it just, whoa, man, happened. Whoa. Yeah. That is, oh, so I think, whomever. Yeah. Uh, for, but that goes back to, you see, Living in America, I, I was born in Sweden. It is such a conformist society. It is so the top is taken away. You don't think you're special. You're shit like the rest of us. And so this is society. If I had stayed there, I would never have enjoyed the bliss of being allowed to be myself. Mm. I'm married to the same lady for 56 years. Wow. And she never, uh, I'm sure many times she thought, you know, that's it. I get rid of him. But it didn't happen. I am so grateful today to have my family to be afforded the opportunity to sit in my little office and write stuff, uh, meet guys like you, and, and and perhaps if any of what I have shared with you is worthwhile, maybe it'll inspire others to be as weird as I am. <laughs> and that's, that's cool, man, you know? Awesome. Um, that, that would be, because then the time we spend together as long as some of that benefits others, super cool. Love it. So we're we're approaching fifty five minutes here. Um, <laughs> it's been amazing. Um, I actually before uh, you haven't hung up on me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. 
Um, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about this uh, proposal the, the, it, it, um, that I would send to the win-win proposal for the state of Tennessee and West Tennessee. Could you elaborate a little bit on that and talk a little bit about that? Because I, I read it. Um, I printed it out, actually, which is something I, I don't normally do, but I thought this was important to print out and really go through because it's very exciting. I live here in Tennessee um, and uh, I just had a film that was at, in the uh, national, uh, the Nashville Independent Film Festival, which was a semi-finalist. So I was excited about that. So I'm very invested in, in where I am right now. I have a wife, two kids. So this was awesome. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, okay. So in a nutshell, it goes back to some of uh, what we've already talked about, right. which is feel right. feel good in life. So it's not my understanding that there's a great deal of methamphetamine abuse right. in Tennessee. And someone has told me that uh, Tennessee's economy is not great, uh, especially not in West Tennessee. So... I, I did two films there, and I was recently there uh, on, on some uh, event they flew me in. Um, and I felt the environment, I felt the people, and I understood, whoa, so many of these folks who do drugs, they do it because they feel bad. And when you feel bad, when you can't pay the rent, you can't buy the kids what you know they would make them happy, or and when there's all that strife, but if you for five or eight bucks can get a high that lasts, uh, I don't know. I've never done uh, done drugs, so uh, so I don't know. But I I understand that. You, you do methamphetamine, and wow, man, wee, this is, wow, heaven. Okay. But then we, as a society, as a government, government of Tennessee, let me give you an example. Tennessee is a volunteer state. Right. Why is it called a volunteer state? Because Tennessee sends more people to the U.S. Armed Forces than any other state. Now, why is that? If you were truly groovy and happy at home, man, would you join the army? Right. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. So then it seems to me if we can change the feel that we have when we live, let's say, in West Tennessee, and there is not a whole lot of work and this and that and and when we can change how Tennessee is perceived by not only the rest of America, maybe the rest of the world, and we, and we have that opportunity, how are we going to do that? Well, my feel here is, number one, we let all citizens of Tennessee understand that they're important. Now, how are they important? Well... We all have telephones. Videotape the elderly. Have them talk about their childhood. Oh, yeah. Have them oh, remember, oh, when Elvis came to town, or Johnny Cash was here, or I this and that, or a historical event, whatever it is. Yeah. That on video. Then we take those video snippets send them in to the Tennessee Video Library. So I went out and I, and I, I, I created, you know, did a, what should I call it, uh, copyright. Um, because, see, this way we get Tennesseans to go out into their community and let people know they are appreciated. They are noticed. Right. They get to talk. So some of these video snippets may not mean much, but the interaction between 
Tennessee high schoolers who for credit can go out and 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 videotape their great grandmothers or whatever or the old guy who was a carpenter and look at him blah, 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 blah. okay there are we fill the tennessee video library that does so much on so many levels yeah. it gives us appreciate our community and it makes the individuals in our community feel better about right. themselves so that's one little piece i love but it another but, yeah. So I want to do a movie that I call, it's actually a television series. He Returns. Right. Who is he? Well, he is the essence of Buford Pusser, uh. who was highly important to not only people in West Tennessee, but Tennessee, because Buford Presser, sheriff in Tennessee, helped place Tennessee back on the map, so to speak, and okay. So we know from the movie that Buford Presser was killed. He died in an automobile accident. But at that time, there was a contract out on him. Mm. his daughter, Juana. How do we know that he didn't stage that accident? How do we know that someone who had personified Buford, he had pretended to be Buford, a Canadian had come down and looked like Buford and walked around in bars in Tennessee and pretended to be Buford Pusser when Buford Pusser was the man. Right. How do we know that that man didn't die in an automobile accident and that that man was who was buried as Buford Custer while Buford Custer to save his daughter's life took right. the Canadian identity in Canada. But Buford Custer's daughter, Guana, committed suicide with his Revolver. Buford Pusser returns mm. to, to find out why. Why did my daughter kill herself? What was there that caused her so much pain? So we wow. use it now. I want it to be. I want it to be uh, faith based. I want it infused with uh, Johnny Cash and Elvis, and I, I, I knew Elvis. I, 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 I spent some time with, with, with him, and I, I, and he wasn't doing well at that time. But so I had great affinity. I, I got the man. And anyhow, so I want to do that television series in West Tennessee okay. because. It will generate a tremendous amount of revenue. Mm -hmm. So my dilemma is that the Tennessee legislature, it only, they only work half the years. They have uh, private sector jobs the rest of their half year and all of that. And politics and what have you. So we are now considering crowd what's it called crowd crowdfunding what is it called Lisa? crowdfunding thank you <laughs> what <laughs> where are you going <laughs> oh my wife is leaving me oh no oh, <laughs> after 50 years so we have really good stuff in mind for Tennessee and uh, and uh, right, I have have I overstayed my welcome? Can no, I not at all. Know? I mean, we we could go on, and I, we'd love to have you back again. Um, you know, this is something a conversation that George and I are constantly having. It's an ongoing conversation that we that we'd uh, love to continue with you at at some point. Um, if you would, I mean, if you would, you know, want to come back, obviously. Um, but this has been such a 
thrill for us to hear you and to hear your stories and your impact and to hear the work that you're that you're doing here in Tennessee is also exciting. Um, I'm here, so whatever you need from me, definitely you can count me in to to help you any any way I can. You're you're very gracious, and and you guys are uh, you're magnificent listeners, which tells me that you are magnificent people. So I and I appreciate very much that you let me feel comfortable enough to share who I am, what I am. Uh, with, with, with you guys. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. It's been an honor. Thank you. We appreciate you very, very much. And uh, hang tight because we're going to be coming right back. So give me one second. Okay. Thank you, Bo. You want me to hang on? Yeah, yeah just, just hang, hang on. on one second. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. All right. Woo. That was awesome. That's that was stories awesome. in there, man. Wow. Man, I mean. Hung out with Elvis. Hung out with. <laughs> that should be, that should be a, a series. You know, it's just yeah, a, yeah, con- yeah. an ongoing series. But want to thank Bo for being on the show. I want to thank you all for watching. Thank you, George, as always. Um, just real quickly, next week is our final season uh, season finale of our show. Um, it's November 22nd, so 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, come on back. We're going to be talking about talking to some of our old guests, anyone that wants to come on. Uh, we're going to have a, a lot of fun, so it's our last one, and we have uh, some great guests lined up for next year as well. And uh, but you're not gonna miss us because on the month of December we're gonna actually do reruns. Is that what they call them? Do they still call them that? Reruns (laughs) of all the of all our episodes throughout the year. So you'll see us in December as well. And if you missed anything, you get to catch it there as well. I said as well about ten times in this sentence. All right, want to thank you all, George. Have a wonderful. I'll see you a wonderful night, and I'll see y'all next week. And as always, peace. peace.